Babes Talk Supply Chain, where we interview the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, changes in the industry, and hot topics in the supply chain. We answer all your questions and put the sexy into your supply chain. We are your hosts, Sarah and Nick. So today we're talking to Barry McGough, the group vice president at Innovation Next, a division of PVH, about how the existence of connected apparel and wearables will affect the supply chain. I recently saw Barry speak about the future of connected apparel at the AAFA conference in New Orleans, and his passion on the topic got me really excited about the future of apparel and I thought, how can we help spread the word about what PVH is doing? So I am happy and excited to introduce Barry to Two Babes Talk Supply Chain. Welcome, Barry, and thank you for being here. Thank you. Great to be here. So having started his career in sales as the first importer of Dr. Martens in the U.S., McGough moved to the U.K. to work for Shelley's Shoes sourcing and manufacturing footwear from former Eastern Bloc military boot factories for the fashion industry. Upon returning to the U.S., he joined Decker's Outdoor Corporation, building footwear for the Teva, Simple, and Ugg brands, and was soon asked to join the North Face as VP of Hard Goods for their footwear, technical equipment, and advanced concepts teams. Four years ago, as the new VP of Hard Goods for Speedo, McGough used his knowledge working with outdoor athletes to work with Olympians to advance ideation in the hydrodynamic space using engineered innovation and biomimicry to create cutting-edge te technical swimming gear. Now the group vice president at the newly formed Innovation Next division of PVH, his team serves the needs of all brands at PVH the country's second largest importer of apparel, whose brands include the Calvin Klein, Tommy Hilfiger, Izod, and Speedo brands. So I know we're here to talk about connected apparel, so let's get started with maybe the definition. Can you, can you just sort of talk a little bit about what connected apparel is, what the wearables mean, and uh, let's, let's get down to that with our audience first. Excellent. So I think that the, the question that you have is what's the future of connected apparel uh, and wearables and how it affects our business in supply chain that has to, does definitely have to be broken out and defined. Right now, consumers are very well versed with what a wearable device is, which is very, very interesting because we as a, as a country, as a society, the, the very existence of wearables is very new for us. The idea that you can put something in your body that can track and trace certain metrics, or what we call the quantifiable self, is a very new phenomenon. So we found that if we put something on our body, that it will track something that we find important. It can track our motion, it can track our activity, it can track our sleep. That's become a very compelling proposition for us. And if you see the growth of Fitbit, you understand that, that this is very important for us. So now we start to enter the different phases. So we have wearable devices. We all know what that means and the interface with our phones. What, we, what is wearable apparel or connected apparel? That means that when the device is obsolete and the thread, the fiber, the apparel that you make actually does the work of the device. Wow, amazing. 
that that also that becomes very interesting because as we and I'll talk about this a little bit as we as we proceed. But the interesting thing is we expect a seamless experience in every aspect of our lives. So it, what makes it make, makes it quite inevitable is that we are going to expect that our apparel will be as smart as everything else in our lives. Our clothing will be as smart as our clothes. Will be as smart as our phones. Will be as smart as as our as our digital connections. And so. If we understand this, that there is an inevitability to it, then we then we can start to prepare for it and plan for it. So we're looking at a, at a world, and it's coming very very soon. I'm going to talk about this in a second, where we're going to expect our apparel to do the the work of our wearables, and that the things that our apparel will do will grow. They'll become more important and more useful to us. Awesome, awesome. Do you have some examples of? Um what you're working on at Innovation Next, or maybe some examples of some connected apparel that uh, that you can, you know, talk to us a little bit about. Um, I do. There's there's stuff that's entering the marketplace now, but I think at this point, one of the things I, lo- I would like to talk about, and because those all sound like fantastic statements, they sound very sort of space aged, and wow, that sounds so amazing, and it sounds also almost too weird to be true, sort of George Jetson-esque. Um, but one thing we look at is we're going we're to look at sort of comparative metrics or what the predictive analytics are look like and say, why do we think this is inevitable? So for me, I look at what, the, what I call the shock and awe numbers that are coming at us. So if you're familiar with Moore's Law, Gordon Moore, who was one of the founders of Intel, said that uh, computing power doubles every five years. So if you look at some of the things that have happened since he made that prediction in the 60s, it really is true that computing power is getting bigger, sorry, it's getting more powerful, and it's also the chip size is getting smaller, which empowers this this, uh, uh, faster level of connectivity. So in 1960, there were a million mainframes in the world. In 1990, 30 years later, there were 100 million desktops. So we went from mainframes to desktops, right. and we went from a million to 100 million. In, the, in 2000, uh, there were a billion people on the wired internet. So they had a physical wire to their internet. So it went from 100 million to a billion in 10 years. Wow. In 2010, there were 10 billion people connected to the mobile internet. So we went from wired to mobile, and we went from 1 billion to 10 billion. And in 2020, there will be 50 billion connected devices. Wow. So that's in comparison to 7.3 billion people on planet Earth now. So we, there, the average person will have dozens of, inter, of, of connected devices. And th- this predictive analytics is only five years out. So right now, four years out, we're 2016. So they're saying that by 2020, there's going to be 50 billion connected devices. So let's look at the wearables business. In 2013, the sales of, just in the U.S., the sales of U.S. smart wearables were $1.4 billion. Okay, that's a, that's a nice little market. Five years later, they're $19 billion. It's more than a 10x factor. Wow. So we know that there's a desire for people to track the quantifiable self. We know that people want to say, how do I run, how do I walk, how do I sleep, how do I feel, am I healthy? These are very, very interesting metrics. 
but they say that the predictive analytics tell us, and these are from very smart people that are building devices, that are building the Fitbits of the world, the Intels of the world, um, and their predictive analytics and where they're planning their businesses are, is that the sales of U.S. wearables in 2020 will be $28 billion, so it'll double, almost double again. So next year, if you look at our market, there'll be an additional $187 million worth of electronically enabled connected devices. So that would mean that things like Nike Plus, things like Samsung Welt, which is a wearable device that's embedded in the buckle of your belt, which tracks your device. These are, this is sort of the, the next wave of connected apparel. You wear it on your body, but it's not on your wrist and it's tracking something, right? That's gonna be another $187 million worth of business next year. In 2020, up to 20% of all apparel will be electronically enabled. So that's a very, very interesting number. Will it be something that's wired? Will it be something that has a battery? These are things that we're working towards now. But if you look at sort of internet connectivity globally, 70% of people on planet Earth will be connected to the internet in 2020. Those numbers are staggering. It, it's shocking, actually. The, and, and again, this, these are coming from people that are planning their businesses. Look, if you're Intel and you uh, are trying to make a plan for your business and you're saying, look, you need to have connected fiber and fiber's made in India, then you need to actually have already started to buy the property and build the infrastructure to do clean rooms next to the source of needle for the, for the apparel industry. You should have done it already if you're predicting this in five years. You're actually behind. So these are people that are planning their businesses around the inevitability of connected apparel. They're smart people, they're smart businesses. Yeah, and that's, I guess, why the creation of innovation next for PVH. There's a whole interesting level of understanding around the apparel industry. Um, We're not, as an industry, used to the level of investment in R&D that uh, that pharmaceuticals would be or uh, or biotech or high-tech companies would be they're used to putting in you know 5 10 15% of their um, of their um, investment of, of their of their top line back into R&D and we're not used to that there's a whole ethos in silicon valley about failing big and failing often and it's something that we're just learning about now in the apparel industry, what we do is, is ideas are brought to us on, a, on such a regular basis through vendors and, and supply chain partners that we can sort of pick and choose and we can be as good as we need to be. And the problem is right now is with our market being as competitive as it is and with with the changes that we see in the go-to-market model uh, for, for uh, across the board, um, we can't be as good as everyone else. We have to be better than. So ev- almost every major apparel company company in, in the U.S. and globally are investing heavily into our D&D departments and innovation departments. They're, they, they know they need to do it, and they don't know what it looks and feels like. So this is very nascent for us as an industry to have something like Innovation Next, which makes it a super exciting space to be in because everything's possible. What we're looking at in, in, in any innovation department is there's prompted and unprompted innovation. So you would expect the, the, the people that are the primary stakeholders in the business to say that they're going to want their, their products to perform better. They want their whites to be whiter and their brights to be brighter, right? Mm-hmm. 
But there are also very, very big ideas that are coming outside of the industry. They're coming toward us because we're uh, a, a, a huge global industry. One in six people in the world work somehow for the apparel industry. Wow. I didn't realize it was that many. Yeah, well, if you think about uh, up and down the supply chain from people that are growing cotton to people that are in logistics to people that are in retail, right. uh, the people that are that touch the apparel industry in some way, it's one in six people on earth. Yeah, when you when you put it that way, yeah. It so, is a lot of people. So what we're looking at is the in innovation next is the big ideas that are coming down the park at Pike, and there's there are there are there are three really really big ideas that are coming at our industry, and so our division would be preparing for that inevitability. So the three big ideas are fiber from biomass, which is a completely different discussion, but it becomes fascinating when you think about engineering fiber at needle. So does that. It, does that have anything to do with, and I'm sorry to stop you there, but anything to do with, I heard that there's going to be some sort of fabric where you could just sort of, you know, touch your clothing and maybe answer your cell phone or have a conversation. Am I going too far with that, or is that along the no. same ideas? No, not at all. So... Um uh, let me just finish off with the shock and awe, and I'd like sure. to tell you about that. Um, because there are, and, and kind of very much related to that, there are, um, one of the things that, that people like um, Sony and, and Apple are looking at is data usage. Um, uh, by 2020, 90% of the world's population over six years old mm-hmm. will, have a, will have a mobile phone. Wow. So what will they do with that, right? Right. Um, they're, it, it, also, they're looking at data usage. And factories will use over a million gigabytes a day just in data because they're going to be so digitally empowered. Um, and then by 2020, there's going to be a trillion sensors connected to the Internet. So there's some the, the predictive analytics behind this are really, really um, powerful. They guide us to the fact that there are, like, again, like I said, there are these several very, very big ideas that are coming down the pike towards our industry that we need to be prepared for. Um, to answer your question specifically, um, there is a project that, that Google is working on with Levi's uh, they'll be launching in fall 17, and it's called Project Jacquard, and it's well publicized. Um, what that will enable you to do, and they're looking at commuter uh, Levi's jackets, um, that you'll be able to touch your sleeve, and you'll be able to control, do some basic controls on your on your phone. They're looking at uh, step-by-step directions and controlling your um, your uh, your radio, your playlist, uh, connecting to Spotify, and certainly to be able to answer your phone, to swipe up, swipe down. These are fiber. These are touch-sensitive fibers on a X, Y, and A, B axis um, that they've developed to be able to to uh, connect your apparel to your device. To your device. Wow, that's amazing. And I'm sure that there are just so many different ideas that are swirling around right now that that are along the same lines, but it's just going to blow this whole thing out of the water. Yeah, and again, you know, I go back to this idea of the, of the seamless experience. So right now there are a lot of examples. If you go to CES, there's a lot of examples out there where you can buy connected apparel. And, but right now, it's very, very bulky um, because the big problems that we have to solve when we're looking at connected apparel is we have to t- we have to t- we have to discuss uh, power generation and power storage. Yes. Yeah. So you have devices. So you, 
again, all this crazy data analytics, all this shock and awe, trillions of sensors, um, millions of gigabytes, um, everybody, you know, the, the wearable business growing 10, by 10x factor every few years. Everybody wants to talk about the quantifiable self. Mm -hmm. The questions are twofold. One, when you have enough devices, to power and monitor your sleep and your walking, what are the other things that you're going to want to track? Yeah, that was, gonna... kind of, that was kind of my next question for you. Like, where do we go from there? Everybody knows now that you can track your sleep and, and you can track your steps and, and different things like that. But, and I'm sure there's, you know, there's a lot of different places we can go with it, but where do you go from there? Well, if you look at, um, there's, there's a, a, a startup right now, um, and I'll, I'll just tell you stuff that's available. Um, you could look at Ringley. Uh, Ringley is a great example of someone who's putting a wearable device in a ring. That ring has an LED light, and you can say, look, I'm in a meeting, um, but if my son calls, I want it to, I want it to vibrate. I, I want haptic technology that's touching my body and giving me a notification without me looking at a screen. Right. So haptics will become very important. And let's say I wanted to light up red, because there could be a problem. But otherwise, I'm on do not disturb. Right. Um, if you look at somebody like Leaf, Leaf is a wearable device that it's embedded in wood. It's very beautiful. It can be. It can get, go around your neck. It's a startup. They're they're going to be shipping very soon, and they're going to be doing things like tracking your mood. Really? They're going to tell you when, you when you're stressed out, and maybe it's time for you to meditate. Take a break. That is right? a, that's a great thing. So, so the question is, when will, we, when will we not need everything to track heart rate monitor and motion? Look, if you think about it, if, if you're fortunate enough to be able to go to the gym every day, that would be an hour a day. What happens to the other 23? Right. You're working. You're connected to social. You need a good. You need a good internet connection. Um, you you want to you want to post something to Twitter. We're going to be expecting our devices to do the same things we expect everything else in the world. We have an expectation that's really quite amazing. Look, if you if I told you five years ago that I would or I would be able to talk to something on a desktop. I'd be able to use my voice, and I would be able to tell it that I needed my, uh, my migraine prescription refilled, and that I could get it in a couple of hours, either by delivery or maybe even by drone, you would tell me I was insane. Yeah. But you can purchase Amazon Echo today. You can speak to it. It's connected to the Internet. They'll deliver it within a couple of hours. Very soon it might be a drone, and if I told you today I'm going to get my prescription delivered by drone, you wouldn't say I was insane. You would say, when's the drone going to be there? I want to take a, fel a selfie with it. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. So you would believe it. <laughs> yeah. So what, what moves from science fiction to science fact is changing so quickly we can't even believe it. So the things that we talk about and we think about sound fantastical, but I've just listed two uh, startups that are going to market now. They'll be shipping before Christmas where you're tracking your mood or you're using haptic technology mm -hmm. to be able to interface with the things in your life that have nothing to do with working out. Right. Neither of them have anything to do with working out. Right. Well, going, so going back to the apparel side of things, and you were talking about it um, going down to the fiber 
Um, how are you, like, I guess there's going to be a logistical component to figuring out where you manufacture the actual clothing uh, to be able to make sure that you, you know, you get that sort of fiber and, and you, you manufacture the clothing um, to those specs. So to answer that question, there's, there's first of all, where do you innovate the fiber? Where is it developed? And then where's that fiber turned into uh, textile that's knit or woven that becomes a, a garment? Right. So we're extremely excited to be joining AFOA, which is the Advanced Functional Fibers of America. And that's a very newly formed group. It's being run out of MIT, but it also has uh, a $15 million investment from the Department of Defense. Wow. And it's also working with 32 other universities. And what they've envisioned and what a FOA is, is basically a network. It's a network of people that are not only invested in making sure that fiber does something. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Department of Defense has a lot of skin in the game on that one. They want to make sure that, that people in the military are safe and their, their, their apparel does useful things for them in terms of communication or temperature thermal regulation. Those are, those are different uh, requirements than just tracking your heartbeat, right? Yeah. They need it to be a seamless experience, and they need it to be, to be relevant and functioning now to stay ahead. So they, they just announced the investment in April. The FO is coming together right now, and so we'll be working as a, as a, a U.S.-based group to take universities, businesses, and startups, uh, and then we will be basically using them as a network to say, look, we want to do something in the hearables space. So one of the partners is Bose. Right. So and they're a signatory to a foe, and they're an investor in this idea as well. So if MIT and, let's say, TVH decide that they, we want to do something in the hearable space, that we would work with Bose and other partners in the hearable space to, to develop a technology so that your fiber is functional, that it does something that it didn't do before. So we're going to look at all those things. We're going to look at piezoelectric and kinetic power generation. We're going to look at what is the power storage solution as batteries become less toxic, softer, washable, flexible, right? Yeah. So, what, you're, how, where do you store? Where do you store the power that it needs to do those devices? Or are there power, low power, or no power solutions? So you're going to see, or we're going to see, a lot more partnerships between the technology companies and the apparel companies. Absolutely, and the, the idea of a FOA is quite innovative in bringing these people together. It's, br it's bringing universities, it's bringing, uh, it's bringing industry together, and bringing American manufacturing. Because the idea, the reason why there's a, a U.S. government investment in it, is that this is, this is about what American jobs look like in the future. There's tremendous conversation about it right now. But if American jobs are going to be generated in the manufacturing space of the future, it won't necessarily be cut and sew. It might be a higher technology, higher paying uh, job that we're going to be creating. Yeah, that, well... That's very, very positive for the industry and for also for the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that kind of takes me into my next question um, that I was going to ask you, was sort of where do you see connected apparel and supply chain in the next five to ten years, and what challenges do you see? Um, I, guess, I guess you sort of answered that question, um, you know, with manufacturing being brought back to America, but I'm, I'm guessing that there's going to be 
you know, some manufacturing offshore, and, and there's the, the two, the technology component and the apparel component, will be interwoven at some point because you're going to have ma- manufacturing in different places. Yeah, so we can't necessarily say that the only technology that will be developed will be U.S. technology. And certainly, if the fiber is developed and created in the U.S., it's not to say that it wouldn't be manufactured elsewhere. It wouldn't be manufactured in global facilities. Um, But the fascinating part of this is that that technology could be developed in the U.S. and that we're we're on the cutting edge of doing that. Um, From a supply chain perspective, Look, there are plenty of supply chains that are dedicated to the, to the, the uh, electronic space. But what, what, I can look at all things from the apparel lens, and I can tell you that for us, we're looking at a really increased complexity because the apparel industry is not used to the business model. They're not used to front-loaded investments and development. This is, a, this is a revelation for us. When you develop in the electronic space, the customer confronts all the cost. So we're used to amortizing that cost in different ways. We're not used to a longer lead time of EVT and PVT trials, right? Electronic validation and prototype validation trials, which are common in the, in the electronic space. So in the apparel industry, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to, to adjust. So we might be looking at longer lead times. Um, what you'll have to do in the electronic space is you have to get certifications. You have to get UL certifications. You have to apply to the FCC. You have to get ROHA certifications for safety, uh, chemical compliance. These are things that we're going to have to talk about. We, our industry, the apparel industry, is going to have to have new partners. Um, we're going to have to look at clean rooms. We don't have we don't really have clean rooms per se. In some areas we do, um, but we don't. If in let's say um, opticals, uh, glasses, uh, there are, there are levels of clean rooms, but not to the level that you need to do circuit boards. Um, so we're going to have to invest in new manufacturing equipment. Um, we're going to have to look at new margin structures. We're not used to these. The margin structures in, in the go-to-market model are completely different in the consumer electronics space. Right. So our margin might have to be shorter. We're going to look at skew productivity. So if you think about an iPhone, it's one SKU. Right. And you get millions and millions and millions of sales. So for us, we have tens of thousands of SKUs to serve millions of, 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 of units of sales. So SKU productivity, we're going to have to think completely different. What's, what's the ROI when you have a larger investment in consumer electronics mm-hmm. if you want this to be more than just a marketing spend? Yeah. So, Absolutely. We're going to have to have new partners. Well, we're going to have to talk to the Intels, the DuPonts, the Microsofts of the world, right? Yeah. So this is this is this is a this is transformational for the apparel industry, and it was a lot for us to get our heads around. Yeah, you've got a. Lot, it sounds like you got a lot of work to do. <laughs> yes. Do you have a large we're team? Do you have a large team that you're working with? We have uh, a small team. There's uh, there's about a half a dozen of us right now, but we're growing a lot. Um, we have people that are that are built into the brands, that are serving the brands' uh, requirements on a daily basis. And we're our organizational structure sets us a little bit apart uh, from what other people are doing typically in the industry because our goal is to make sure that we're not only we're not simply a think tank. Right? Innovation departments can typically be uh, think tanks or, you know, at worst case scenario, they're where good, they're where good ideas go to die. We're looking to be at the most productive. 
active innovation department in the industry. So we're we're tied we're directly tied to the to the businesses, their short term goals and also their long term desires, which makes us very very um, topical, very very connected to to revenue and profit and driving ideas into into the brands that make them that give them their their brand differentiation. Their the things that make brands brands. Yeah. Well, you know, 2020 is not that far away. It's it's no, only it's and it's creeping up pretty quickly because 2017 is is not that far away either. But I am really excited to follow you and follow Innovation Next and follow PVH just to see where you're going and, and what you're coming up with because all of this information and everything that we've talked about today is just so exciting and it it just boggles my mind that it's all going to happen in such a short period of time. So I unless do you have anything else that you wanted to add before we uh, we uh, say our thank yous and goodbyes? Uh, well, you had um, wanted to talk a little bit about um, this idea of inevitability. You kind of touched on that before. Um, but I, I will just say that when we're looking at sort of future, future-facing ideas, mm-hmm. when we're looking at things which seem so strange to us as we put them forward and say, okay, well, that sounds super crazy, um, I think we just have to look at the auto industry. Yeah. So right last week, Ford announced that they are going to, to be introducing a self-driving car within five years. I don't know anyone who wants one. Yeah. I, I, and a lot of people are very dubious of self-driving cars. But everyone has to be looking at these predictive analytics. Everyone has to be looking at saying, we need to anticipate what end consumers need Yeah. in ways that are different than we think of today. And yeah, and that's that's in every industry, really. And, every industry. And uh, you guys are really taking it to the next level in apparel, absolutely. I know when you talk about the automobile and the, and the, the vehicles that are up and coming, you just take a look at Tesla. I mean, in 24 hours, they had, what, 115,000 people put a deposit on, down on a car that they had never even seen before. So, you know, this Talk is crowdfunding. Yeah, this is I mean, there are there are so many groundbreaking things that are still to come and it's it's just so exciting. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, I want to um, thank you for taking the time to come on the show and uh, really share your insights into connective apparel and uh, and wearable technologies. Again, we're really excited to see where you go and where you go from here and and what what your innovations are, are are going to be next. Great. We're really excited. Thank you. Thanks Th- for the opportunity. Thank you, Barry. Thank you, Barry. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Are you struggling to make the most out of your supply chain and keep the orders moving efficiently? IceCorp is your supply chain specialist, and they specialize in e-commerce, retail, and dropship distribution. They will provide you with tailor-made solutions that will drive your business and sales forward. To get your free assessment, visit them at icecorp.ca, that is I-C-E-C-O-R-P dot C-A, and check out their learning center as they have some great free resources waiting for you. We want to thank Barry from Innovation Next for taking us into the future. We love his passion and definitely will be following them closely. Tune in next episode where we speak to Julie Thompson from IceCorp USA about how to outsource effectively. 
If you have any questions or want to be a guest, email us at listeners at twobabestalksupplychain.com or visit our new website for more contents and goodies about our guest episodes and supply chain. Always remember, people, ship happens.